Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! I'd like to go to a film festival, but where can I find one that offers hilarious independent comedy? I'd go to a film festival, but only if it offered blood-drenched horror. I like movies, but I like live music too. If only there was some place where I could get both. Sound familiar? It's Saturday, and your awkward love triangle has nothing to do. You want to go somewhere to see independent horror, comedy, and horror comedy films, as well as the finest musical acts in the Pacific Northwest, but you can't find it anywhere. Well, have I got news for you. Saturday, April 21st, 2012, at the Big Picture Theater in Redmond, Washington, the Bone Bat. Comedy of Horrors Film Festival has exactly what you need. Wait a minute. Comedy and horror movies in live bands, too? You betcha. Local nerdcore legends Death Star will be rocking the mics with a set of the nerdiest, bounciest, dopest beats. Sure, nerdcore is nice, but I like ear-blistering metal. Good news, sugar britches. The Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors will also feature a set by metal artists burning of eye. Harder than adamantium and tighter than a Romulan marital aid. Burning of eye is sure to please. Ooh! Hold on. Nerdcore rap and progressive metal are fine. But this is a film festival. And feature-length films are too long for my short attention span. Do you have anything for me? The Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival will have a metric shit ton of short films, as well as feature-length films. Mother of fuck! That's cool. When is it again? The Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Fest, April 21st, 2012, at the Big Picture in Redmond, Washington. Tickets on sale now at www.bonehand.com. The ticket gets you the whole seat, but you only need the edge, edge, edge. No, just kidding. You'll, you'll use the whole seat. It's kind of a long show. They're comfortable. You'll like that. Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Of course you realize this means war.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 83 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. You're looking at it. You're looking right at it. You're seeing this how it's going. Only the second time we've ever been in the same room when we've recorded the show out of 83 episodes. Well, we did do some live stuff together. That's fairly landmarkical. <laughs> it's landmarkable. <laughs> Yeah, so we had originally planned on doing this live at the Bone Battle. Yes, which was happened today. Today is uh, March 17th, 2012. The battle itself was highly successful. The podcasting during the battle <laughs> was highly unsuccessful. You know, once the gaming started, it was like we just all lost our shit. Yeah. We're like, games die, so I gotta play. Game on, podcast off. <laughs> so yeah, we, we got into gaming and organizing and... I have to admit that uh, my tournament brackets were somewhat faulty, and so I had to spend some time working on that, pairing up folks so that they could get their game on, and uh, the podcasting fell by the wayside. It but totally fell apart. We are b- going to bring you some stuff. As you may know, the Bone Battle is a five-game round-robin tournament, and uh, Paizo presented Pathfinder, and the folks who were running that game, especially Kyle, oh yeah, what Top an amazing notch. job. They came up with this scenario just for us called the Bone Pit. And it was like Ninja Warrior role playing. You had to like negotiate a series of obstacles, deadly, deadly obstacles. And then fight to the death in the Bone Pit. Which was just so very, very cool. Well done, Paizo. Yeah, and Kyle just did a great job running the game, and we had so much fun that we lost our minds and didn't podcast anymore. Yeah. But I did record a whole session of Pathfinder oh, while okay. I was playing, so we have that. Oh, we'll yeah, play some of that for you. And uh, we will kind of give you the breakdown. So here's how it went down. Bone Battle today at Games and Gizmos in Redmond. Everybody played five games. We had 16 players going head-to-head. And at the end, it turned out that Jester and Kalis ended up tying exactly with 17 points in our own Bone Bat scoring. So it necessitated a fight to the death. Well, not to the death. No, no one died. Yes, but a, a final duel at Zombie Dice, yeah. a surprise game we rolled out. We just whipped that thing out. To win the Bone Bat Film Festival tickets. And Kalis came up the big victor, which was awesome. Kalis got a lot of stuff. He did, and we had a drawing afterwards. We gave away we some gave it copies. We gave just a metric ass load of prizes the, away. Yeah, first off, we had uh, the play copies for Kill Dr. Lucky, Hive, we had a copy of Pathfinder that we gave away, which was really cool. So we had a drawing at the end. You know, some folks won those games. Additionally, Flying Saucer Pizza gave us three $20 gift certificates. That's which was $60 for people that are bad at math. Those playing at home. It was a great time, you know. We also had some goodie bags, which were stuffed with uh, Pathfinder novel, uh, the sampler we have from Black Library, and a Theo chocolate chocolate Theo bar. chocolate. Now, Pete, you could smell that across the room. That smelled so good when it we were did. cracking those open. It was tough for me not to eat the goodie bags. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I would say definitely a success, and uh, next year I hope more people can turn out. It was a lot of fun. It was a really good uh, first shot at having a gaming tournament. The idea was a gaming tournament was sort really kind of supposed to support the Film Fest, the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors, get people excited about that. But now we got people that are all Film Fest. I want another gaming tournament. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll have to see what we can do. Yeah, I don't know. We're we're seriously nerding out here. Yes, we're like those penny arcade guys, except not nearly as big <laughs> and successful, or successful, exactly, or cool, or that. So uh, just get. 
quickly talk a little bit about what's uh, going on tonight. Uh, tonight we're listening to a few favorites of ours from both Death Star and Burning of Eye. Hey, what a strange combination. Where would those two bands ever play together at the same time? I don't know where. I think they would play at the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. This is exactly right. Word. So uh, we're going to play a few of our favorites, a few maybe B-side, the deep album cuts. <laughs> deep. The balls deep album cuts <laughs> that you, you don't just hear every day. Well, these are the great tunes that are deep within these throbbing vessels of music. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I knew we shouldn't have done this podcast with our pants off. I'm putting my pants back on right now. Where are they? I don't know. <laughs> Notice how I like looked around for dramatic you did. effect. That was Nobody can fucking see anything. <laughs> Dude, this is not a video podcast. <laughs> Absolutely wasted. Back to the film fest. Of course, uh, tickets are on sale now until April 13th for 25 bucks. That's when not they, my conception day. Then they will go up to 30 bucks. And uh, the enormous package, however, is only available until April 1st because we got to get the CDs signed from the guys, all that good stuff. So that's the situation there. The T-shirt should be rolling in any day. I'm expecting them soon. And uh, get your tickets now. A little bit later in this episode, we're going to be announcing the complete list of official selections for the film fest. Nice. Really nice. Thank you. That burp was brought to you by Kraken Black Spice Rum and Co. Out of an incredible Hulk glass. Because that's just how I roll. You know, I'm here. This nerd thing is not just an act. It's real. It's a way of life. <laughs> Return of Living Dead. Yeah. So, dude. What? What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? Here's the thing. I know that in this show, I've asked you really you know to try to leave my family out of it and you respected <laughs> that and so this is all on me i'm i'm bringing my parents into the into the scene not so much my parents but my parents relationship with their goddamn dog because my parents visited me with the dog of course this is their new addition of their family i used to be considered the perfect child and now they have the perfect dog and, you know, I love my parents to death. They bring their dog along, and the dog can do absolutely no wrong. They are in love with this dog. And at the end of their stay, my mother, bless her heart, grabs a plastic bag allegedly to go uh, remove the dog crap from my backyard. Which is, that's mighty big of her. Yes, that's what, great. You know, very considerate. She takes maybe eight steps outside. I don't know turns around, comes back in, and goes, you know, I just don't even think my dog pooped. Because <laughs> the dog is that perfect. Now, my backyard is roughly 10 feet by 10 feet square, okay? There's not a lot of space in the yard for, say, a giant pile of dog feces to hide. Smack dab in the middle, in the exact center of my yard, is like this big pile of animal crap. And, and scattered throughout the rest of this 10-foot by 10-foot square is other piles of dog shit. Because you know what? You leave a dog in a yard for a couple of days, it shits. <laughs> Even if it's a perfect dog. That's what it does. So what pisses me off is not so much that I had to clean up dog crap, which I really, really hate. Steve knows how much I hate poop. But that the fact that my mom has become so delusional about her perfect animal that she thinks it doesn't that pisses me off. <laughs> well, what about you? you? What? And you have a dog, right, too? No, I don't. My well, dog is dead. Oh, I thought you had a dog. My I dog thought you had a little, like, two pups, one cup action going on. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dog. I was teaching it not to eat. Just when it learned, it 
fucking died on me. So, no, I had a dog. He's <laughs> <laughs> looking at me like, what? It got cancer. It died. It no longer poops. And frankly, that's that's fine. I'm fine with that. Okay. I never cleaned up after that dog. That was totally my wife's deal. You want a dog? Well, there's some poop that's going to be <laughs> dealt with because uh, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's after my last dog. I, I came to the conclusion at the end of that that I'm a very poor dog owner. That I don't really want to walk dogs, and I don't really want to clean up shit in the backyard. I occasionally like to play with the dog or pet them, but it, it's a lot of work, and I have kids now, which take <laughs> even more. And it's just like, yeah, I'd rather put that time into the kids. Speaking of which, the thing that pisses me off is uh, the school has this movie night that they do. Now, it's certainly for a good cause, because as we know, with U.S. schools, budget cuts, and things are disappearing all over the place. They're not getting the funding. And so this is an event they have once a year, I think, maybe one, maybe twice, for it goes to the music department. And so what they do is they play like a Disney film, and for a few weeks the music teacher teaches the kids all of the songs in a given Disney movie, for instance, and then they say have a sing-along sort of a thing at, at the theater. Oh, Jesus, they or sing along? In the gym, them. which is fine, and it's fun, and it's sort of, but, you know, my old ass is getting just way too... Tired to sit on a hard gym floor for an hour and a half watching a movie I have seen roughly 700 times having children over the last 13 years. And then on top of it, okay, the film's Beauty and the Beast, which is not my favorite Disney Yeah, thing not anyway. one of the best ones. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you've got no Little on. Mermaid is like the pinnacle. And then from there, it was all kind of downhill. I don't like Lion King as well. I don't even like Lion King really as well as Beauty and the Beast. But frankly, Mulan was pretty good. It was all right. But I, the, the songs in it weren't that catchy. I mean, after... I, I wasn't looking at it as a musical number, more as a cinematic. Piece. Yeah, well, I, what I didn't say, like, after, basically, in Beauty and the Beast, after Be Our Guest... Yeah. It's like a train wreck. There's no reason to watch any more of that movie. And yet, your 44-year-old ass is sitting there on that hard floor... <laughs> While kids are running around you spazzing out because they've just had 42 Cokes and candies because those are the only snacks that the school sells. That makes sense. <sighs> so, yeah, I, I don't love it. But, you know, the kid's been working on it for weeks, learning all the numbers, every word to Gaston. And so he wants to go. And I totally want to support. I love my kid. I want him to go to see that. But my ass is tired and sore after sitting on that hard floor watching that movie. They, could, they couldn't watch, like, a musical version of Star Wars or something? Now, that, I would show up for that. Even Dr. Horrible would have been great. Yeah. I don't think that you could, might like, not have been appropriate. The hammers my penis. Yeah, you can't really <laughs> do that in a school setting. Not more than once. <laughs> hey, here, but here's a weird question. What What is Beauty and the Beast saying? I mean, I know they talk about, like, you know, a lot of people don't like movies with princesses because it sends a long message that women should have more self-esteem. And Belle certainly does have self-esteem. But what is, what is Beast... Is Beast like a daddy surrogate? I mean, think about it. Big, hairy, stinky, dad. Right? That's a lot more healthy than where I That's was going with this. pretty creepy. And when you go to Disneyland, you never see, like, Belle hanging out with, like, the prince after he's transformed back. No, it's Big Stinky Beast. I so, thought it was kind of a bestiality it's thing. It's kind of creepy. I don't know. Hmm. Like beauty, beauty in the dog <laughs> show. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, sitting on a hard floor for an hour and a half pisses me off. I can see why. It pissed me off, too. So, dude, why don't we listen to a tune? Let's listen to a song. All right, this is a song from Death Star's brand new album, the well-titled A New Dope. This is Respiration Inhale.
breathing. The air will do you good. Cosplay 3P, Bill Beats in your neighborhood. Kick it like Kung Fu, legend continues. Flash mob showing up at every venue. Put us on the PA and it's a house party. Today's kid and play with a dash of homes of Moriarty. Crack the liquor cabinet and fill up the cups. Bill Beats moving bodies when he bumps a bass up. Breathe out. Can't shake the sound, lyrics lacerate your lows while the subwoofs pound. Profound pedagogy gonna scream like Xavier. Three super villains on parole for good behavior. We rock the mic to win hearts and minds. Every song grows a star me in our grand design. I love it when our plan comes together like the A-Team. Feel your pulse pound a death star in your bloodstream. Filled with the best, cause the Death Star beats hit you right in the chest. Nerd core battle station now braids for the impact. In fact, lay it down, bomb your head, fat track, swar cats. Well animated, immolated, spit so hot, just like Ness, simulated. Now elated to relate our weighted words to the herd, but translated, we just state our fate as nerds to the word. Breathe out. Mush mouth on the mics, got the melodies and hooks that the audience likes. Let the fires kick the tires, shake the room with the roar. Draw the doors from their desk now to the dance floor. From ninjas to pirates, the zombies and aliens, every fan faithful, no one will not fail them. Brand him, sing along. Rock the chorus, you know they'll be adore you as much as you adore us. Some fire in your lungs. We spit it, never quit at flames over civil tongues. Top rung of the ladder, we've been climbing all our lives. Put a flag at the top so our legacy survives. Eyes on the prize, death star on the rise. DJ with the sway to scratch and improvise. Three P preachers while cosplay croons with the nerd core super weapon. That's no moon. Breathe out. But the fever's in your system. Beats bring the knowledge for the rhymes, work the wisdom. The roof is on fire. We the ones that brought the heat. Bass drums kicking hard to shake the concrete. Deep down in your soul, you got twisted. March with the death army now that you've enlisted. Ever forward on the road to win. So we walk down the block just to rock it again. Once again, that was Death Star with Respiration Inhale, the first part of two songs. We'll check out the other one in a bit. You can get that CD, a new dope, at the Bone Bat Film Fest. Yeah, you could get it as part of the enormous pack and you can get it autographed. So, dude, I finally managed. So, what? I finally managed to send off those vinyl LPs. <sighs> Strong work. So, we, we got I got emails back. Vaughn got his copy of blood mountain he posted cool. a picture in our facebook group very cool i'm so glad to finally get that shipped off gareth from calgary also fired in that he had received his just yesterday which is excellent great. and benza from germany got his today and all the way across actually, the pond he actually sent me an email so a little feedback here all right Hi, Steve. Thanks. The package arrived today. The most important thing, all contents were in almost pristine condition. After having mentioned that good condition of the contents, the package itself looked like a piece of shit. <laughs> it is as if someone shoved it up a whale's ass and it had it swum over here. By the way, one doesn't use the term swum enough anymore nowadays. Probably some airport guys sat on it, had some coffee, tacos, and then took a dump on it later. It wasn't rainy today, and it probably wasn't rainy in L.A. when it was handled. But the stains and spots remain a mystery since I'm not going to taste test them. 
You know, it is a lot cheaper to ship things by whale anus, I've discovered. <laughs> you know, it's like three bucks for that versus 15. Oh, yeah. If you send it like Blow Hookah Express, <laughs> that's the Hawaiian word for whale anus, by the way. I had no idea. Yeah, Blow Hookah. Don't ever get Blow Hookah Sushi. <laughs> Just a really big, muscly donut <laughs> surrounded by one thin piece of seaweed. <laughs> You think they'd stuff something in the middle, but they don't. They do a ball of rice. <laughs> <laughs> no, not if you're getting good blow hookah. You don't get the ball of rice. It's an acquired taste. It really is. And the thing about blow hookah is you have to you have to eat it all at once. You got to put the whole piece in your mouth because it's really hard to chew. Oh. God. <laughs> oh, shit. Steve just. I'm going to break a rib. <laughs> oh, God. A fine Hawaiian treat. Blow hookah and spam. Anyway, <laughs> Anyways, the German customs patched it up rigorously and it arrived at my place. Finally, on this Saturday at almost 3 p.m., Customs opened it and checked it out, probably because there are way too many people sending Nazi paraphernalia from the U.S. The Customs also seriously checked out the DVD and put a sticker that said, Medium geprüft, which means media scrutinized and approved. Wow. Most likely they dug Gordon ranting about Dead Girl. If you, <laughs> if you have put the DVD in the Bone Bat booklet previously, it was put back there too. Without any fingerprints on anything. Also, not on the posters, which they unrolled to. Germans are thorough. And so clean. thanks for the stuff. I really appreciate it. Best regards, Benza. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. That's much much nicer than customs in America, who just will break things to look inside. <laughs> he also wanted me to ask you about your cartoons and what the Sigma sign means to you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a get some cartoon, and the, the guy that wanted to have sex with Plus sign. Oh, like gonna get some, some S-U-M. S-U-M. And he said, why didn't you use the Sigma? Because that would have been a much better piece of math symbology to use. But frankly, I've been looking at third grade homework, and my mind was kind of in that mindset. So I wasn't looking at, like, eighth grade homework. Ah, okay. Yeah, it would have been a better joke. But, you know, frankly, they can't all be winners. Right now, I'm working on a cartoon that includes Beyonce and a German chemist. So... I'm sure I'll get criticized for that as well, but this is time-traveling Beyonce in a German chemist. I know of no other cartoons involving these things. Do you, Steve? I do not. Okay. All right. Well, right now, why don't we cut away to another tune, and when we come back, you're going to check out a little bit of Pathfinder from today's Bone Battle. So this tune is one of my favorite cuts from 2009's Nowhere is a Destination by Burning of Eye, and also one of my favorite breakfast treats. This is Bear Claw.
you can drink to heal up. You have an alchemist fire you can use to throw. But at the beginning of every green player's turn, the doorway there rotates one clockwise. If you stay on the same square, don't move, you take any damage it does or any other effects it has again. You have to go through that square again by staying there. It's an obstacle course. The first two uh, to the center. Play two. Yeah, it's it's not optimal, but the first two to the center. Of people. Mm -hmm. The first two to the center fight to the death. Oh, wait, Gord. Sorry, Gord. Just jumping in. And it's the the uh, the first two, the door closes. And the last person standing after the first two wins. Unless the other two on the outside can drop him with ranged attacks within one turn of the other person going down. If that happens, the door opens back up for the next two to make it in. So if you drop somebody, you have one more turn around the table to drop the other person. So it behooves you to make sure that they're fighting evenly in there, and you're trying to shoot them with bows as much as possible once they make it. Okay. They're even easier to hit in the middle. So, but with that, we rolled initiative already. Green will start us off. Kate, go ahead. Okay. You start off moving into the Blaze of Death, which is this right here. All right, I move into the Blaze of so, Death. So DC 5, acrobatics check. Seven. Seven. So you'll make it, and that's plus two DC to the next one. So you can either make it to the slime pit or the gloaming. Which would you like to go to? I think I will have to go. Yeah. You get a plus four circumstance bonus to the next obstacle for passing the blades of death. I will do the slime pit. All right. Make a swim check. A ten. Plus, plus four. My swim. Plus eight. Uh, so that's above seventeen. Plus eight. Good. You make it. Okay. So move your character to the slime pit, and then you're done. You did your double move. Then we get was Chad. Chad. All right, Chad, you're up. So we start off by moving to the giant crushing fists. Okay. Acrobatics DC five. Roll me a four higher on the die. Nineteen. Got it. You got it. All right. So you're in there. Now you can either move to the scything blades or the dangling chains. Chains. Go for it. Climb check DC seventeen. Ooh, one. One. So you stay the giant crushing fist, and that means the fist will try and attack you. So the fist gets a twenty-five to hit, which means it will successfully hit, and you will take eleven, twelve damage as one of the giant rock fists comes down and hits you square in the face. Next up, Justice. All right. Um, spiteful scorpions. Yep. Moving into the spiteful scorpions. Damn spiteful scorpions. Four higher stealth check. Fifteen. I'm there. You make it. Now you can move to the ankle biters or, or the to the iron, iron will. Gonna go to the ankle biters. All right. Now it's in stealth DC twelve, so eleven or higher. Thirteen. All right. You make it. So you're done, and you're in the ankle biters. Yep. Nice. Steve, right? Yep. You're up. Okay. Shark tank first. Yeah, I'm in the shark tank. Yep. Swim check. The swim check is plus eight, right? So don't 17 plus 8 is Now you can choose to go to the Bizarre Conundrum or the Harmful Hurdles. Harmful Hurdles! Hurdles! I don't think I have acrobatics though, right? That's not no. one of my skills. You need to get a 16 or higher on that or a uh, 16 or higher on the intelligence. Oh, so it's either or. Either or. Doesn't really matter. But you have a knowledge. So first pick target. Uh, or you can, yes, you can make one knowledge skill at DC 15 plus 2 for 17. All right, let's try it. has plus 8 on knowledge engineering. All right, so go there. Bizarre conundrum. Yep, you need a 9 or higher. 9. Nailed it. Is that a 6 or a 9? Oh, it, nope, that's a 6. Sorry. 6, all right. I did not get it. So you do make it there because you fail by 5 or less. So you move there. Okay. But you take the fail checks, which is just minus 2 circumstance bonus to the next obstacle. So the next obstacle you go to will be harder. 
Okay. Take your back up. Move the door one. So this way? Clockwise. Yep, to the top. And where are you going? You are currently at the slime pit. I was thinking... So you go to the suspended line or the undo courtesy. I will try undo courtesy. Diplomacy check. You need to roll 14 or higher. Eight. So you fail by more than five. Everyone you stay back where you were. Oh, I was? Okay. So then you're done. Okay. Next up. All right, I'm going to do the chains again. Chains, go for it. Next team. You make it. Now your option is to go to egregious discipline, ninja warrior, or try and negotiate with the fickle fate. You get the first and the last. I win! Egregious discipline? Yeah. All right, your forward two save is 17 because it's plus two for the second obstacle. Go for it. Make a forward save. I believe you will need a tenor higher. Okay. Forward two is in the top half. Oh! What'd you get? One. One? No. No sad. No sad at all. You're back in the dangling chains. Okay. Justin, go for it. Um, I'm going to try and move to Fickle Fate. All right. Lie to that lady. That's 20. That's 20. All right. However, you still have a minus two circumstance bonus to your next obstacle. Where are you going? Flaming Geyser? No, dangling chains. To the dangling chains. That's at 14. Plus your climb is 22. You'll make the 17. So you both are in the dangling chains. Sadly, because it requires two hands to do the climbing here, you cannot attack each other in melee. Next up, Steve. You're currently at... a minus something, right? Yep, your bizarre conundrum. Your next obstacle is at minus two to the roll. Okay. So you're going to go to Wages of Sin or to the back door? Try back door. All right, go for it. 18. All right, minus two is 16. Plus perception. Plus at the top. Zero? Yeah, perception zero. Okay, so you don't fail by five or more, so you make it to the back door, and then you're done. Your turn is over. But now you get plus two to the next obstacle you move to. All right, plus next two. up okay. is Kate. Move the door. Okay. The door rotates. This way? Yep. Okay. And you're Currently at the slime pit. Where are you going? Undo courtesy again. Go for it. Come on! Yeah! Uh, that passes, so you're at undo courtesy. Now, you can try to go to the field of spikes, but the door will move next turn. Or you can go to the unseen opportunity. I will do that. Which case Sounds you have a perception DC 22. Be a 17 or higher to advance. Nine. No, you stay at the undo courtesy. Okay. You get a plus one morale bonus for the next four rounds to all skill checks. Okay. Because you convinced him to let you pass the first time. Yay! You're up, my friend. You're on the chains. Egregious discipline or fickle fate? Between the field of spikes and unseen opportunity. You pick like, <laughs> Go for it. Opportunity is better than spikes. The glaives of death. No. Or the pudding No. The, exactly. the fate stares you down, and you're like, the chains must be a safer area than that. Safer here, I don't know. Justin, you're up. I'm going to attempt to climb over these chains into the... Egregious discipline. Right, so do I make the fourth save? Fortitude save. Uh, so, fourth plus seven. Uh, that's a 17 natural. You pass. So, you withstand the fortitude required to make it past that. Now, you can go to the Flaming Geyser or to Unseen Opportunity. Both of them are at plus two to the DC. Can I make a ranged attack at the guy back with the thing? You can. You can indeed. Take a shot. Yay, we all lose one. 17. 17 total, that will miss him. His AC is 20. Yep. Next up, Steve. Okay, so I'm going to try Karmic Justice. Karmic Justice. Reflex save, DC 20. Do it. 
14, and that misses, right? Uh, you get a from backdoor, you get a plus two circumstance bonus to the next obstacle. So 16 plus your reflex save, which will be up here under REF. Plus five. Plus five, so 21. So you pass. Wow. So you avoid the bomb going off now. But here's your option. You can wait there for the door to come back to you, but every turn you wait, you have to pick that check again. Right. Or you can move to one of the side ones. Either take the leap of faith or try and make it through the wages of sin. Let's try the leap of faith. All right, leap of faith it is. So now you're at DC 17, acrobatics check. Acrobatics plus one. So 12. 12, 13, so you make it there, but you don't pass. Got it. So you're done. And next up is Kate. Move the door. Yeah. All right, so you're at the undue courtesy. Yes. Where are you going? I'm going to go. Unseen opportunity? opportunity. Go for it. Except for check. Uh, but I get a plus one morale. So 12. No. Doesn't pass and you're done. Okay. Red team, go for it. Uh, all right, I'm going to do flip right. bait again. Okay. Wait a minute, this may be a quick game. All right. <laughs> we may all have another natural one. That's horrible. All right, so the fickle fate. She's she's keeping that evil eye on you, my friend. Uh, evil so. eye indeed. Oh, Next man. up, Justin. Hadn't done seen opportunity. All right, go for it. See what you get. What's your perception? Uh, that fails. All right. I need a twenty, but I get plus two. So you stay on the egregious fate, on the egregious discipline, and you're done there. Yep. Steve, you're back up again. All right. So the door is on that side now. I think I'm going to go Flaming Geyser. All right, go to the Flaming Geyser. Reflex save, DC 15, so a 10 or higher. Seven. No, you make it, but you will take damage. And you take a total of 15 damage as the steam and fire erupt around you. Curses. Now, so then you're done. You're there. Okay. And Kate, move the door. The door opens up in front of the flaming geyser. Kate, what are you doing? Where are you moving? Feel the spikes? Or unseen opportunity? You unseen opportunity? You haven't found it yet. Huh? You haven't seen the unseen opportunity. Go for it. Roll it. See if you get it. No, you are still looking for the opportunity. It is hidden from you, still. All right, red team, you are still in the dangling chase. Fickle fate? Yeah, I got fickle fate one more time. One more time, let's see if any luck has changed. 17. She does indeed let you pass. Now, you can try and make it to the flaming geyser, but the door will be moving. Or you can go to the ankle biters. Oh, or, <laughs> it's up to you, my friend. Or could he range attacks? The guy is burning. Uh, you could shoot the guy at the flaming geyser, but I recommend you, you try to get in that doorway. That Everyone else is chasing it. Yeah, it's the first two in. Go ankle biter. All right, ankle biter is so DC 12 stealth. So you need an 11 or higher. Two. Uh -oh. Two? Well, no. So you stay at the fickle fate. You failed by more than five. Try and roll the die on. All right. Yeah. Next yeah, up, we have Justin. Go for it. Awesome. Um, I'm going to attempt to get into the unseen opportunity. 19. 19. All right. So, plus two? I get the plus two for the uh, egregious discipline. Okay. So, because you made the perception check, you find another potion there. A potion of cure light wounds. So, add that to your list. 
But now you can move again if you want, or you can wait there. I'm going to wait until the door comes right. back around. So you have found the hidden door, but next up is Steve. Okay. Steve, where are you going? I'm going in. You're going in. All right. Acrobatics DC 10. Uh, for the bone battle tournament? You did nine or higher. 13. You are the first one in. Nice. The bone pit chimes, and you're the first contestant has entered. Now you can take a range attack at somebody. You have options. Get this one. You just got a potion. That's Justin, right? I'm taking a shot. All right, go for it. Seven, seven plus seven is fourteen. That will indeed miss. Move the door one, and Kate, you're up. Okay. Uh, you still haven't seen that opportunity. No, I haven't. Can I see him in the opportunity? No, you have no idea. Hence, it's unseen. Are you still trying to go to the unseen opportunity? <laughs> so where are you going? Okay. So now roll. Twenty. You you do indeed make it. However, the potion isn't there. But you see the person who took the potion. Would you like to attack him? Yeah! Alright. <laughs> Move yourself over there. Move your mini. Alright. One attack with your longsword. It's a plus nine to hit. 21 will indeed connect. Do a D8 plus six damage to him. Oh yeah. You take 11 damage, Justin. Oh, you are so dead. <laughs> Tell me your name one more time. I keep forgetting. Oh, I'm Chad. Chad, Chad. All right, Chad, you're at Pickle Fate. Um, Where are you headed to? Do you want to chase the door? They're waiting to jump at the door there. So you might have a problem trying to chase that door because it's going to keep yeah. rotating. Let me go. Hey, you have a long sword, too. All right, Flaming Geyser it is. Reflex save. You need a 10 or higher. Eight. Eight. So you'll take the damage, but you advance and you're done. Nice. So you take a total of six, seven, eight, nine, thirteen damage. Okay. Now you can shoot at somebody if you wish, or you can draw a potion from your backpack to get ready to drink it next turn. You don't have a choice now. I'm gonna drink a potion. I'm drinking a potion. Okay, so you take a move action to pull the potion out of your backpack, and next time you can drink it. Okay, that counts as a that's a move, right? Justin, you're up. Full attack on Kate. Okay, go for it. So plus seven, so thirteen or higher with the long sword. At eight. Yeah, he got. That'll hit. Then the short sword needs a fourteen or higher. Ten. That will miss. So D8 plus six back to Kate. Oh, max damage. So fourteen damage to Kate. Steve, you're up. Okay. They are fighting for your pleasure, first contestant. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I? I can take my healing potion. Yeah, you can drink your healing potion. To get back up. Yep. Move action, then stand action to drink it. So two D8 plus three. Two. Two and six. six. That's eight. eight. So plus eleven. Three is 11. Okay. Seven. And then you're done. Move the door again, Gates. Oh. And you're up. What you gonna do? I'm gonna full attack him. Go for it. Okay, so this is long sword? Yep. That will miss. Short sword. That will miss. You could be in trouble. Chad! First action is drink the potion. Alright, drink it. 2d8 plus 3. 8 plus 2. So 13 healed. Alright, next. Now you have a move action left. If you stay at the geyser, you'll have to make a reflex save again to avoid the fire and steam. Or you can try and move somewhere. Oh, cool. I'll try the Alright, fortitude save. Go for it. 14. 14 plus your fourth. It's in the top third of your character sheet. Plus seven. So you make it. So you are on the egregious discipline. Put yourself on top of that spire. So the next one you get to is give you a plus two circumstance bonus for passing that. So, Justin, you're up. 
I'm gonna pull a jester move. Right. I'm gonna trick the potion of enlarged person. Okay, that will you give her an attack of opportunity. Everyone does. Oh yeah. That will give her an attack of opportunity. Are you sure you want to do that? Do I get four? Yeah. I get up to four attacks of opportunity in a round. Correct, but he provokes once. You can swing once. That will hit. Do a D8 plus six. Oh, I thought it was. So you take 13 damage. Okay. All right, and then you're done. Yeah. Steve, you're up. Okay, so what is their their health situation right now? Uh, as far as I can know. Well, he just grew about six feet taller. All right, I'm going to shoot him. Okay. You mean six feet taller? Taller, yeah. Uh, he's pretty big. 12. That will hit. So D6 damage to Justin. Justin, you're going to take another D6. Four. Take four damage, and Kate, rotate the door. Okay. So, Kate, the door is in front of you. There is also a giant thing next to you. If you move from the square, he'll get an attack of opportunity on you. But if you don't, one of the others might make it through the door before you. I make it through the door. Well, okay. So, attack of opportunity first. Uh, you have plus nine to hit. Nineteen, then. Nineteen, which will miss you. Now make the acrobatic check to try and make it in there. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, you need to roll a nine or higher. I went large. Oh, you went large. Four. You fail. You do not make it into the bone pit. <laughs> you bounced off the side of the wall. Because you fell by five or more, you're done. So, Chad, you're up. Your options, you can try and sneak past both of them, but then they'll both get an attack of opportunity on you. If you don't, however, Justin is enlarged and is going to jump in before you. To try and make it in would be tough. You could you could try and push Justin out of position by making a bull rush maneuver and push him over to this square here. Yeah, but he's enlarged yeah. now, isn't he? But that would give him an attack for opportunity on you. You need to roll 13 or higher. To do 13 or higher. Okay, I'll do that. All right. So on 13 or higher, he pushes you to undo discipline. So first, you have to make the check to come into unseen opportunity. Okay. Perception check. You need to roll a 15 or higher to make it. He, need, he needs an 18 or higher because of egregious discipline. It gives him a bonus. What'd you get? 11. 11? So you don't make it in there. You don't find the way in, but you can hear them fighting. And then your turn is over. Justin, the door's in front of you. I ain't gonna try that acrobatics check. Alright, so, attack of opportunity from Kate first. Kate? Kill a hit. Kill him! That misses. Alright, acrobatics check. That's a nat 11. So, remember, you're minus one from size. Minus one from size. Minus one, again, from the dex penalty from being enlarged. Mm -hmm. Size penalty applies to acrobatics. You're not as nimble when you're six feet taller. And Trust me, I'm a big guy. I know this. <laughs> and then you, the, that's a plus one on top of that. So total of <laughs> minus one total. Did you get an eleven? Is a ten? So you make it. So you're in the bone pit. No. Okay. So the door closes, and you two can now shoot at them. It's easy to hit them in the bone pit. I still have an attack. Yep. Swing away. Plus, plus nine to hit. Oh, uh, not eighteen. So that'll hit. So you do a two d six plus seven damage for being enlarged. Yep. Wow. Uh, that's six of so thirteen damage. So thirteen damage. All right, Steve. The giant's in there with you. <laughs> I'm gonna take a shot. Go for it. Now you have two attacks. I got two attacks, right? Yep. Got so a long sword and seven. Seven. So that will miss the short sword. 
Alright, Kate, you're up but the door is closed. You can indeed shoot them. Go for it. I'll shoot him. Shoot Justin. Go for it. How many times? Once. A four. Now let's do the math. That's plus seven for eleven. And then minus four for him being in the center of the bone pit for ranged attacks. For his AC down to 14, you missed only by three. So you need a seven or higher. Chad. Which one? Giant. Alright, seven or higher to hit. Justin, you're up. Alright, long sword first. You need a 13 or higher to hit. Nope. Not seven. 14 or higher on the short sword. Alright, so that's a D8 plus three. Four. It's four. So 11 damage. Minus 28. Return fire, Steve. <laughs> Get him. I attack. Four. Missed. No. Short sword, come on. 18. D6 plus three damage. Nine damage for short sword. The door is still closed. Kate, you're up. Who are you shooting? I'm shooting the giants. Shoot the giants. Yeah. That'll hit. D6 damage. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh. Does one damage, Chad. Take that shot, kill, my friend. Kill, kill, kill. kill, kill. Oh, sorry. For oh, ten. Ten. That will hit. Yep. That will hit because he's enlarged. D six damage. You have to hit a seven. Six points. Six points. Dead. Dead. Well, yeah. All right. So you all have one round to drop Steve, or he is the victor. So Steve, it's your turn. What about the door? The door does not open up yet. You have to drop him within one round, otherwise he is the winner. So we have to shoot him. How many hit points do you have? Or Alchemist fire. That's a great question. You don't know. You do. Steve, what you doing? What what did did you say about the fire? They have alchemist fires. They can throw Drink a potion. Drink a potion. I don't have another potion, right? I already drank it when I got in. You have two. Oh, I do. I drank a potion. All right. Two more, two, two more D8s, right? Oh, cure mods. That's right. So eight, eight plus... Okay. So, so ten, so, plus so thirteen. Ten. You heal thirteen more. Okay, so You each have one uh, more action to drop him, so you need to... Minus fifteen. Yeah. So you can use the point, or the alchemist fire. Alchemist fire range of the Yep, it's touch attack. So... Alchemist fire? What I get for that? Like, what would be my bonus for hitting? It's still a plus seven to hit. Okay, I'll throw an alchemist fire. Alright, roll d d20. I took him... That indeed hits, so you do a d6 damage, and then he'll take a d6 more on his turn. So six. So you take six fire. Chad, bow or alchemist fire? Um, the fire. All right, go for it. Remember, it's a touch attack. Twelve. Twelve? That hits, because it's only touch AC. Oh. So D6 damage of fire. Five. Five. So you take five more. Okay. Is he large? Would you like to add a monster? No. Okay, so now you can either take a full round action <laughs> yeah. to put out the flame, or just laugh and you're almost victory. I have to get two yeah. split. Well, how many hit points you got? Uh, minus 26. Minus 26. He's got 16. You can't do enough damage to kill him. I... No, no, I cannot do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand there in flames. <laughs> so you are you not doing more damage? Oh. Be almost down, but still your arms held out. <laughs> I am the victor. <laughs> and Steve wins the blue team. Now, now the sad thing is he's the victor, but who's second? Oh, oh can we fight it out? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like, I'm gonna chop him apart. <laughs> Once again, that was Burning of Eye and Bear Claw. So, dude, Multimedia Triage. Multimedia Triage. This will be a quick one. It will. 
All I've been doing lately has been watching films for the film festival. All I've been doing lately is watching films for the film festival. So but I read a book. Perhaps the occasional episode of Archer justified <laughs> shoehorned in there. Uh, yeah, Archer is still pretty damn funny. Pretty damn funny. It's funny. This season, like, every episode I'm, like, emailing you uh, just a quote and laughing. Yeah. I, <laughs> fuck space. <laughs> I love how Pam is becoming a major character now. God, that's great. I love the spoiler alert. I don't know. Do you, do you call spoiler alerts for Archer? No. I love that Pam and Archer are doing it. Yeah, and she's that just is a, the a sexual thing. beast. Yeah, just like, and he, he can't resist. No, he's completely at, at her mercy. <laughs> Which is just awesome. The whole dynamic that that has taken has been just so much fun this year. Yeah, and, oh, God, what's her name? The returning of Katya, right? Wasn't yes, that great? Yes, that was good. The robot vagina in the sink. <laughs> And Which yeah. is also Hawaiian sushi. And yeah, it vibrates. <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, good show. I did read a book. Me too. Yeah, I read a Dan Abnett book. Me too. What, what Dan Abnett book did you read? Yeah, I'm actually uh, further back than you are on the whole Horus Heresy series. I just read Legion. Legion. The story of the Alpha Legion. Yeah. Which is the, the out of the Space Marines. No, troops. that wasn't the story. Of the, the Alpha Legion was in it, but they weren't like... Wasn't that about the the guy that was in the Alpha Legion? Well, Alpharius and Omega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like two Primarchs, and so it talked about that. But it's actually from the point of view of like this Imperial Guards regiment, right? Who was kind of watching everything go into a cock hat. <laughs> you know, everybody was like pulling these weird little shenanigans and a lot of intrigue, which you usually don't see or you're not supposed to see in the Emperor's world. And so all that kind of came together in a very cool narrative, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And you, you kind of didn't know who the protagonist was. Yeah, and that's, I thought that was a cool book because through most of the book, you're kind of thinking, what does this even have to do? It's like this little side story kind of until near the end, and you go, oh, well, that's completely critical for the whole thing. There's another book in your future, Steve, that is more about the Alpha Legion. Okay. Like the whole book is Alpha Legion stuff happening. Oh, okay. Is that one by, and this one was by Dan Abnett, who yeah. is, without a doubt, my favorite author from Black Library. The guy just yeah, is dude. a really good writer. Yeah, and I read the most recent Horus Heresy book, is uh, No, No Fear by Dan Abnett, and that's about the Battle of Kalth. This is the story, I'm not giving away anything that you can't figure out by looking at the back of the book here, but this is the story of the Ultramarines and their betrayal by the word bearers. Now, everyone knows the word bearers are all chaosed up, but this is the beginning of the war when there were legions that didn't even know Horus had turned, that Horus had gone the way of chaos. And so this is the story of what happens. Horus sends the word bearers out to do this enormous joint operation with the Ultramarines against the orcs, allegedly. And then once they're all ready to go, the word bearers show their true colors and just it, it, the book is just one massive battle. It's like I picture Dan Abnett kind of having all these toys and just going, hey, hey, hey what if I break them? <laughs> and you've got just the most hellacious battle ever written down in any book anywhere, I think. Um, I don't know how far it advances the story overall, but it is a very cool book about first contact between the forces of chaos and the ultramarines check it out that almost sounds like uh heroes from joe abercrombie which we were talking about a few uh, last year sometime when i read that there was like one it was one whole novel that was about a three-day battle 
Yeah. And you just had all these different forces and all these machinations going on, and it was really cool. Both are British authors, actually, interesting as well. Interesting. I don't know what that has in I don't know. They probably use big words. They don't know how to spell tire (laughs) or aerial plane. But, yeah, that's a good book. While we're on the science fiction front. They say Zed. Why don't we talk just for a moment about Mass Effect and the the three Mass Effects. Now, I don't mean Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. I mean Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect Infiltrator, which is an iPod app, and Mass Effect Datapad, which is also an iPod app. Datapad. I thought that was like an Apple uh, feminine hygiene product. It is not. Uh, didn't, That's the iPad. Wasn't there a, yeah, there's a cartoon on Mighty Wombat about well, that one. Years ago. Anyway, so you've got Mass Effect 3, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. What's kind of cool about it is, okay, you know, remember episode one of Star Wars, which, piece of shit, admittedly. Yeah. But one of the cool things about that was, remember when they revealed R2-D2? Yeah. He, like, comes out in a quick scene and kicks a bunch of ass, and everybody's like, yeah, R2-D2, that's awesome. Mass Effect has a ton of that. because you're R2-D2? Play- no, but Mass Effect 3, you've been uh, re-enlisted in the military, in the Alliance military, and basically you have to put your team back together. And so you have, there's only a couple of your the people with you, depending on who you let die or live in the previous games. And then you start going around planet to planet trying to rally the galaxy to fight the Reapers. And at each stop, you keep meeting friends from along the way. Do you call and, the Reapers the Riri's? No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> and it's really kind of fun. I mean, it gets you the same way that R2-D2 scene did, where you're like, oh, shit, I haven't seen Rex in, you know, two games. That's awesome. And, you know, you, you get to have these, like, little awesome sci-fi character moments. Which are really cool. So I'm thoroughly enjoying that. But there's two parts to the game. There's like your effective military strength. And yeah. there's something called galactic readiness. And so I, I don't know how, exactly how this will play out. Because I'm only maybe a quarter way into the game. 10% of the game. Something like that. But in order to have the best possible ending to the game. You have to have a good both EMS and galactic readiness. Can you, Go- have, can you finish the game but have a bad ending? Yes. Cool. So that's like if you half-ass it. If you don't do stuff and you don't play any multiplayer. But what they've done is they shoehorned multiplayer in. If you play multiplayer, it increases your galactic readiness and makes it so that you can have a a shot at a better ending. What if you're someone who sucks at multiplayer, like, say, you? Yeah, there's that. So, But then there's a couple of other games. There's an iPod app called Mass Effect Infiltrator, which is kind of like a, a running shooter, but... Using the controls, the controls kind of suck on an iPod for that. Yeah, I'm sure. They're not great. And so, you know, you, you play it and you're sort of getting the Mass Effect vibe and it's sort of fun. But there are scenes that are absolutely frustrating where you're getting like just mobbed by a bunch of guys. and You're trying to shoot them in the head and you can't because you can't work your fat thumbs on the greasy screen. So it's a pain in the ass. And then the data pad. When you app, talk about getting mobbed by a bunch of guys and your greasy thumbs and headshots, <laughs> What are you? What is this game? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't play this game. And the, the Datapad app is even worse. The Datapad app is a map of the galaxy, and you have a couple of ships, and you can send out a ship to like go do a mission, and then okay, your ship's unavailable for six hours. It's like those bullshit Facebook games that I hate. Yeah, I don't do the Facebook games. But if you want to get your galactic readiness up, you almost have to spend time on this thing. The only saving grace like with a that job. is it's free. 
So it didn't cost you any money, but it's still a pain in the ass. I'm not enjoying it. It feels like a chore. <laughs> Why are you even doing it? Then? Because I want to have a decent galactic readiness so <laughs> that when I the game I paid 60 bucks for, I can have a decent ending to it. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, it's kind of lame. And the, the other, the Mass Effect Infiltrator game, I actually spent money on that because I waited too long to order my copy of Mass Effect and I wanted the deluxe edition. And I ordered the game it. that you've been wanting ever since, like, Mass Effect yeah, 1. Yeah, but I didn't, I, you know, I waited until, like, Christmas to order it. Dumbass. And it was coming out in March. I mean, I had time, but it was already, the deluxe one was already gone, and so I had to go to Origin, who's the company who makes the fucking thing. Well, I figured you yeah. can't fail there. They're not going to run out. They'll make Amazon run out before they make Origin run out, is my, my logic. And so they didn't ship it until the night before the release date. So I didn't get it until Friday. And I'm like, what the Mass Effect fixed, so I downloaded this iPod app. Which sort of tidied me over, but sort of didn't. I posted a bunch of uh, free Mass Effect remixes and music on our Facebook page that uh, Z from Hipster Please pointed me to. And there's some really cool stuff there. Uh, particularly, Kabuta the Python and Adam Warrock have both done EPs that are Mass Effect based, taking the songs and samples from the game and then, you know, working raps into them. They're both really fun. Nothing. I'm having a hard... You know, there's a telescope on Mount Palomar. Yeah, yeah. 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 And when it was new, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I don't. Yeah, when it was new, it could magnify objects in the heavens up to four times greater than any other telescope that man had ever made. It was the shit of the telescopes until the telescope on Mount Wilson came along, and it could magnify objects even ten times more than the telescope on Mount Palomar. And if you were able to actually take the telescope on Mount Wilson and put it inside the telescope on Mount Palomar, you still wouldn't be able to detect how much I care about Mass Effect. <laughs> wow, that took a long time. Yeah. You know, actually, though, in fifth grade, I made a paper mache at Mount Palomar Observatory Did in you? science class. Did yeah, you for, try to see me giving a shit through it? <laughs> project. I looked forward in time to try to discern the percentage of how much you gave a fuck about Mass Effect. And I wasn't able to, able to do that. I got a C on the project. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we listen to another tune now? Yeah, let's do that. All right. This is uh, the other half of the pair from Death Star. This is Respiration Exhale, also from A New Dope. California Soul. California Soul. What, what now? Let me preach it to you. Breathe out. Cause the hard part's done Did battle in Seattle and goddammit we won Setting sun, top gun, safety yawn in the holster Feet on the coffee table, ass on the sofa Gather round, settle down while I tell another story Cosplay fills in the details while the Hennessy is pouring Circle it up, put some soul on the speakers Bill Beats a rockin' DJ and an air mag Sneakers, special features on the B-side of another desert evening Acquaintances are leaving, but the party's still breathing And I'm seeing all my creeps as I smoke a cigar Put your hands in the air so we can see who you are we wind down, but you know we don't stop Kicking in the crib with fridge and cloth and pop Rocks clink in the glass and it goes down smooth As the Death Star few rolls into a groove Death Star me and the essence of the Emerald Empire Draw some hookah smoke from when the roof was on fire Desirous of dope rhyme and rhythm at the Cypher Ultra Clutch and Chubzilla other nerdcore lifers Snack beer as I stand and scratch Pay the host respects and give my seat to sketch The best part is when the show is through And I'm chilling in the Cypher with my best friends and it's never what you think Gotta listen to the chapel sketch Tell them what's happening I need another drink 
talking about the couch. Cotton mouth redemption. Yeah, I call it liquor. With an ill bill bead in the back, none sicker. Chug a little quicker. Snuggle with your bitcher. Kick it with the click and load it. Take a hundred pictures. Goddamn, the hookah don't stop. Vanilla rice with the hypes when the beat drop. I let the lady rock steady while I beat pop. And wait for the moment when me and Pete sneak off. But in the meantime, I'll just nod to the cipher. Uppercut the flow, call me say God. Peter Parker, smoke your pipe clothes or grass, whatever you got, take a drink, drag a sip, take a motherfucking shot, hot up on stage in the bar on the streets, now cool off with a few MCs and Bill Beats, this ain't a special event, this shit's a weekly occasion, y'all think we're from California, the way we be raising up the roof with some soul, flow slamming and swirl, cruising classic group funk, toe jamming and earl, flirt with Velma's and Daphne's and abuse the whiskey, twist their game, trying to get frisky, fill up the cups and keep this party going, death star in the Furious flowing. Once again, that was the amazing Respiration Exhale from Death Star. Once again, you can see them at the Bone Bad Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Speaking of which, it is now time for us to reveal, after much, much consternation, pain, suffering, thought, suffering, give and take, exactly, the official selections for the 2012 Bone Bad Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. The official selections, the very first film you will be seeing at the Comedy Force Film Fest. Shadows, directed by our good friend Brian Wolford of Drunken Zombie. And then you will enjoy Horror Movies Suck by John Mark Triplett. Following that, Living the Eye Dream by Jeffrey Williams. Then, I <laughs> love this one, Blood Love by Brian Sutherland. A Seattle filmmaker, no less. You know, I said Sutherland, I think it's Sutherland, excuse me. Following that, Night Ship of the Vampire from Australia, directed by Justin Crooks. That is another great one. I like that one. And then this one. I love this one. The Easter Bunny is Eating My Candy by Drew DeWalt and David Schneider. From Fudio.com, of course. Following that, we have one you will have never seen before. Re-Re-Animated, directed by Wesley Alley. Love it. The next block of shorts will begin with Copy. By Patrick Ray. A returning director who did uh, Get Off My Porch last year. Oh, right on. Follow after that. I didn't even know that. Next up, Cargoals, or Snails, from Spain, directed by Jeffrey Cowper. And then, continuing with our international bent, is a blast from last year. One of my favorite films from last time, Spider, from Australia, by Nash Edgerton. After that, one of our more comedic entries, B.J. Bond. From Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial, directed by Jason Axon for SMBC. And then The Devil's Toy, some World War II horror, 
directed by Alex Lagones. Just a really cool historical feel. I love that one a lot. Yeah. Following that, vibe to it. Following that from Arizona, we've got Sea Stand, directed by Carl Jensen Four. And then my favorite short of the whole film fest, I think, until I see the next one that I really love, is Curtain by Dennis Widmer. Our third block will start off with just an amazing film. Uh, one of the few animated efforts we have this time around, Blackwater Gospel from Denmark, directed by Bo Maythorn. And then a wonderful movie, Hold the Mayo by Jeffrey Williams. Following that, we come back to Australia and Mr. Nash Edgerton with his sequel to Spider, Bear. See, that's why we could put Spider in again, because you watch Spider and then you see Bear. It's like a one-two punch. Following Bear, another Saturday morning breakfast cereal, Mad Scientist by Chasen Chafin for SMBC Theater. Following that, a Canadian effort, absolutely gorgeous film, A River in the Woods, directed by Christian Sparks from Away Films. Yeah, that is the gorgeous, gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeousest film in the whole film fest. But don't worry, it's still horrific. Actual art. Yeah, it's, you will it's you come to the Bone Bad Film Festival for for the beer and the dick pizza, jokes and beer jokes, jokes, but stay for the art. Yeah, uh, and then Bedfellows by Drew Daywalt. Who, I hope you happen to see The Leprechaun's Revenge, which is airing tonight on St. Patrick's Day, directed by Drew Daywalt. Now, here's an interesting fact. He got a B from Entertainment Weekly. It's the highest ranking ever from that magazine for any sci-fi original film. Wow. And then our final short film will be Vicky, a nod to the 1980s and horror movies by Mr. Bill Palmer. And finally, we'd like to announce our third feature. Now, we've been talking for a long time about the Mole Man of Belmont Avenue. We have. We've been talking about Monster Brawl from Jesse T. Cook. We have. And to round out the trilogy, we are proud to announce Deadheads, directed by Brett and Drew T. Pierce, starring Michael McKitty, Russ Kidder, and Marcus Taylor. An absolutely charming road buddy picture, zombie movie, just a Really fun flick. You guys are going to love this one. A great buddy zombie movie. And all three of these films are in their Seattle big screen premiere. So we have a lot of great stuff for you to see. A lot of these shorts you can't see anywhere. You can't find them online yet. So another reason to come to the Bone Bat Film Festival. Now, we had a lot of trouble actually narrowing down our decisions to these few films. There we were did. a lot of great films. We had like seven hours of films and we could keep two and a half. Yeah, it was rough. We narrowed it down to like the, the films that we absolutely had to have in the film festival. No doubt these are the ones we have to have. And it was still, we had to cut out like another hour and a half after that. Yeah, it was just crazy. Now, there is some good news for a couple of these flicks. Uh, three movies have just been announced that they are going to be on the Crypticon Film Festival slate. So I'd like to call out Doll Parts by Karen Lamb, Hike by Jennifer Campbell, and Summer of the Zombies by Eddie Beasley. Man, so, I like that one. I actually had to physically get in a fight with Steve over and that one. Honestly, they probably would have made it in, but then we saw that it was also playing at another festival in Seattle. We're good friends. We've covered Crypticon for several years. Yeah. We don't want to step on their toes. So, you know, we were able to let those go to Crypticon for that reason because we knew that they were going to be shown elsewhere. And at and? Crypticon... They have been kind enough to offer us a venue there for a Bone Bat Film Fest after party. 
So we're going to be playing a couple of our favorites from this festival, plus maybe a couple of things that you haven't seen to freshen it up. So we've got some pretty cool ideas for Crypticon. You'll want to check out our offering there as well. Yeah. You know, I still think Summer of the Zombie would have made it an our film fest had Steve not punched me in the taint when we were discussing it. That flick also features Barrick Hardley, who threatened to steal the show in Last Lovecraft, our feature last year. So, Word up. Very funny guy. You'll definitely want to see that one. It's also showing currently on Dread Central as part of their Indie Horror Month, so you can see it in advance there if you want to take a gander. Want to listen to another tune? Let's. All right. This song is also from Burning of Eyes, Nowhere is a Destination. I dedicate this to Gordon's political rants. This is Ivory Tower. <laughs>
So, uh, filthy jokes? Filthy jokes. Okay, so there are these two doctors, and they bump into each other. At, like um, bumping uglies? At a medical convention, and uh, drinks, dancing. Things commence, and soon they find themselves laying next to each other after sex. Oh, they were bumping uglies. Exactly. The male doctor says, wow, you must be an OBGYN because you sure know how to operate those lady parts. <laughs> she says, you must be an anesthesiologist because I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> I think I did a cartoon like that at one point. <laughs> so a guy goes into a uh, psychologist's office for his appointment. Without the guy saying a word, the shrink just goes, I know exactly why you're here. You suffer from an addiction to internet porn, and you masturbate constantly. The patient goes, that's amazing. How can you tell all that without even asking me one single question? The psychologist goes, it's easy. I can see the wedding ring on your finger. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. Thank oh, yous. Uh, first of all, I'd like to absolutely thank Games and Gizmos. Thank you. The most generous host today to allow us to thank you. put on our gaming event in their lovely store. I'd like to thank everybody who attended. It was really cool to meet new folks and to play a bunch of games with, you know, people that we had not met before. That yeah. was great. I'd like to thank especially the facilitators. Kyle from Paizo was amazing. Sean from Steve Jackson Games did such a great job. He was running two tables at once yeah. and doing it like an old pro. That was just really fantastic. And uh, I'd like to thank, once again, the sponsors. I'd like to thank Gen42 and Smart Zone for sending over the copies of Hive. I'd like to thank Paizo for both making Pathfinder and Kill Dr. Lucky available. And I would like to thank Steve Jackson Games for providing Cthulhu Dice and Munchkin Zombies, both of which, all five of which, great games. Go out and pick up a copy. If you're looking for a game for Family Game Night, something like that, you know, find one of these. We've got a tile game, a role-playing game, a card game, a dice game. Whatever your poison is, we have a game that would fit, you know, your particular skill set. So you got to check out one of these games. Yeah. Also, of course, thank you to Death Star and Burning of Eye for their fantastic music. Again, I, I cannot tell you, you need to come to the film festival. It's going to be great. Anything else? I think that's it. All right, our usual bullshit. Show phone numbers, 425-296-6557. You can also reach the show at steve at bonehand.com. My website is mightywombat.com, where I do a new cartoon. Once a week, usually on a Thursday or so. And yeah, next cartoon will feature time-traveling Beyonce. Uh, you can find new content on Bonehand.com almost every Sunday, including the heavy half hour. Also, I have a Twitter feed. I, you can find me as Bonehand over there, as well as our Bonebat show feed on Twitter and our Bonebat Facebook page. And my usually ignored Twitter feed is Mighty underscore Wombat. Once again, thank you for listening, and if you like what we do, please tell a friend. Our final tune tonight is another one from Death Star. Death Star actually performed this song live on our show previously, but because it is the most gamingest song in their entire repertoire, it seemed appropriate to play here at the Bone Battle. This is Looking for Group from 2009's The Fandom Menace. Once again, I am Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Right here! I'm a beat poet, 
And you know just how I flow it I got heart, I show it But the ladies, they forgo it Spend so much time alone My right arm looks like a thigh Got a werewolf on my palm And glaucoma in my eye I'm looking for a girl Who likes novels and the internet Who's not afraid to admit That indie rappers get her wet Sure I got heart But my heart hates Uggos dealing on the heart Daily with my single life Struggles got a wife great Can't get girls to look my direction Been so damn long Golden girls Pops my erection Erector set in my pants Dust off my unused protection I'm not looking for it more She just fair sex affection I'm being honest. honest I ain't got game I ain't been late since Corey Feldman Hung with Corey Hayne Easy money's always welcome Easy women are a prize But her access comes tonight If she's not easy on the eye I got MMO wheels Tabletop skills Lead gaming ready with high-end thrills No one can approach me on 360 PS3 And on the Wii I'm undefeated Do you recognize me? MMO wheels Tabletop skills High on the list of nerd Seems like you're my only hope, but please don't yellow laser beam. I don't think it's much to ask, so if you're up to the task, be my Sailor Moon and I'll be your tuxedo mask. We'd have late night games of turn-based oral, the sum of 23 and 46 calculates my immoral math equation. Be my denominator, just a fraction of my passion, will you swallow my remainder? I'm the player with men's skills who shoots directly for the head. I'm the slayer, when they face me, everybody ends up dead. Speak a prayer on your knees at the base, so you better soothsayer. See you tangled in my Zelda bedspread. I'm hung like a donkey looking for a little lass A kind of woman who will shed her garments in a honey flash I'm like a land party girl, I, I can, can go all night Winter may be coming, but it's not my final fight I got MMO bills, tabletop skills Lead game and rig with high-end thrills No one can approach me on 360 PS3 And on the Wii I'm undefeated Do you recognize me? MMO bills, tabletop skills High on the list of nerd core thrills But when it comes to girlies, I get squirrely Then I'll surely become surly And Roxanne, but I'm Cyrano, and you leave with another man. So, Roxanne, put on that red dress. You can be his call girl, or you can be my princess. Really, ladies, it's just us on stage, scraping by on ego waffles and on minimum wage. I see you there, all alone, a wallflower at the bar. Little do you know, I've just made you my prawn star. Sure, we'd hold hands, spend time, chatting feelings, romantic evenings out, caviar. Glass of reason, someone speaking, want a lady in the streets, freaking the bedroom. I'm a freak all day, public sex during Afternoon rush hour, but a sour taste in my mouth. You can't see past D20, figure it out. Geeks make the best lovers, best boyfriends by far. Don't deny me a ride, just cause I don't have a car. I got MMO bills, tabletop skills, lead game and rig with high-end thrills. No one can approach me on 360 PS3 and on the Wii, I'm undefeated. Do you recognize me? MMO bills, tabletop skills, high on the list of nerd coats. Been so barren, got a memo from my dick. Said, Take me on vacation. P.S. No fat chicks. Hey, this is Gord. <laughs> I got my balls Oops. caught in a slurpy machine. 